Hello, everyone, and welcome back to uh, another Clio Talk. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And uh, we have an RC ranch saved for today. Um, don't worry, I have heard it for the past 30 minutes before we're starting recording. But I don't, I don't know how much gas it has for the whole episode, so we got to start with something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how are you doing? Are you talking to me? Yeah. I'm doing good. Good. I have been having uh, car troubles again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is awesome. Um, it turns out cars are uh, expensive, uh, so I will continue to uh, live in my e-bike dreams. You don't, you don't feel privileged for having the mobility and access to go wherever you want? Well, I mean, I could... I don't really go too many places. Oh. And so you, so you, you don't have the mobility and access to go wherever you want because you have a job? And now all of a sudden you have to pay a lot of money because of something that you have to have to get to work. Yeah. Huh. Funny. That's weird. Yeah, and uh, potentially their repair is going to cost more than the actual value of my vehicle. That's excellent. Yeah. But uh, but don't worry. Don't worry. They're basically no longer doing car loans anymore. So mm. unless you have uh, a lot of money down or willing to sign up to a lease... So, you know, if I want to buy a brand new vehicle, it's going to be a lease or uh, a massive interest rate if I even get a car loan. And used markets, although stabilizing, are still rough. But uh, to our urbanist friends that listen to this who ride e-bikes, I think I might join you. Good. Except I would, knowing exactly where I live, I can imagine that uh, one of the many SUVs would immediately run me over as soon as I go to leave for work in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because, you really do live in the fuck you. I got mine society. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can keep saying I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I mean, like I, I'm just thinking about uh, just the problem of living, like right by a highway exit, and uh, if I even attempted to uh, ride a bike to a grocery store, which means riding in front of the highway exit where people like are supposed to, you know, exit and go onto a 35 mile an hour street they don't they end up entering the street at about 55 miles an hour mm. and uh how i would die even wearing a bike helmet wouldn't do much if they somehow didn't see me and they'd basically get away with it yeah i mean it's legal to kill pedestrians if you're in a vehicle yeah in fact they won't even say the driver killed you it'll just be a car hit you yeah. right because the car just kind of did that yeah yeah and you know i i'm an avid walker and uh, my walk route is purposely curated to avoid a lot of major traffic uh, just because, you know, like it would be easier for me to walk to the actual walking path that exists, but I would need to then cross a major street in which the crosswalk does not give me enough time to cross. And I know people will not be paying attention and light will because I've attempted to cross the street before. Even I, I walk pretty fast, but the light will turn green. Mm-hmm. While I'm still technically in the street. If you're talking about the intersection I'm thinking of, it's like a three-lane, three-lane, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty long ways to walk. Yeah. If you're not running, which you shouldn't have to run across the street. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And is, so I basically curated my uh, walking route to uh, avoid crossing the major streets I live around and also uh, to avoid dealing with the highway exit. Um, the issue is... is there is a certain company that transports um, like laboratory samples and materials that gives their employees company cars 
who I've almost been hit by a, one of their company's cars in the one stop sign street crossing I have to go across. I will say the light you're talking about, I have seen a, a pedestrian or bicyclist or one of them uh, dead in that intersection before. I've seen someone who hit them while crossing before. I think they were turning left. And they just like ran into the pedestrian. So I have seen that in the yeah. intersection. So you're right to feel afraid yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, that is the intersection where I, you know, have to get to work. And uh, that's, you know, that's where I'd have to cross. That's where I have to cross if I didn't curate my walk route to avoid that intersection. Yes. And uh, for context, just imagine that it is like a uh, six lane strode that uh, immediately like turns into a massive highway exit entrance Mm -hmm. and that the that is literally right next to where i live you know if you ever want a fun um experience and looking at transit like traffic infrastructure here uh there's some johnson county intersections that are pretty uh pretty interestingly designed like if if you the viewer are sitting at home and you want to participate uh, one example of one that was redesigned recently is like if you look at like 35 and like 119th Street in Johnson County, Kansas, it's like you have it to is, cross it into is the wrong delayed, way though. to to get onto the highway. Like 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 it's it's just the most insane traffic engineering just to not have to actually build anything better than a road or a highway. Yeah. If you look at a again in Olathe, um, what is it? Old 56 Highway and uh, K10. Uh, or, or what's that road? What's uh, that road? I, think, I think it's called uh, Lone Elm or Parker or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's like in, like, I think, the south, southern, eastern, western, southwestern part of uh, Olathe. It, it, it's just, it's did, just an insane intersection. It, it's crazy. Because, it, it, again, it's one of those you have to cross over to like turn right but then also like there's a left turn protected left turn lane it's it doesn't make any fucking sense and it's like i'm sure somebody won an award for it you know it's just something i would build in city skylines it's wild yeah it's just that i'm in extreme transport doomer mode because like i feel like things are going very well for the kansas city area there's been some pretty big successes amongst people who are like-minded uh, like us who mm-hmm. talk on this podcast, um, but also there's a lot to have to overcome, and right now the feasibility of me completely abandoning my car for an e-bike, an e-bike would be a fun thing to have, and I would use it, but at that point I own a uh, multi-thousand dollar basically toy. And like theft machine, a yeah. theft machine, yes. And and this is just kind of something I've been feeling for a while because you know we did the anti doomer podcast. We're not doomers here. Oh yeah, but we, we're positive. Things are going to look forward. We will eventually destroy the highway entrance exit that's right by my place. It just I always it is an interesting phenomena that I I don't feel like people get the criticism for being hypocrites that they should when they push this where it takes you one city council session and one angry person to remove a brand new bike lane and like tear it up. Right. Yeah. But then if you want to install a bike lane, it takes you 15 council sessions, a signed petition with 3000 people verified to be like actual people. You know, you got to do an environmental review. You got to do like three different ADA compliance surveys. Uh, You have to have like a four year, 
um, like, you know, public comment session. Yeah. And it's just like, it seems like the hurdles to get anything done are put insanely high, almost on purpose. Because it's like, even I, I see this in California too, even just like the public comment session, like public comment, God, public it, it, input. God forbid we let anything actually happen. Yes. People are, why, why are you so afraid to change? Like we never have 15 public comment sections for removing the road, like the, the bicycle lane, right? Uh, I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast, but I am referencing something specifically. It all it takes is one person complaining at a random city hall meeting and you just immediately tear it up. But then the amount of loops you have to go through to get something done. And it's like, it's all just artificial because it's like, okay, look, tearing up something should take the same environment to review all that shit, but it just doesn't. Like the 69 Express project that's happening over in uh, Johnson County. Yeah. I'm sure it went through some stuff, but I didn't see public billboards for public comment sections and it seems to have been approved two years ago and immediately being getting done in like a month whereas like the streetcar it's been under review for like the east west expansion for like two years and it's just insane because it's like how come and i know why i know it's like designed this way because people want to drive or whatever like we live in a very car-centric city but it's like it's just insane just how blatant the hoops are that you have to jump through for doing anything like the streetcar or buses or whatever versus a road where it's like, okay, like where where's the ADA compliance survey for that? Where's the 15 different like public session meeting? Where's the online forum where you can leave comments? Like, like it's like there's so many avenues that are clearly designed to have negativity towards the project when it comes to like the streetcar versus the highway where it's like you don't hear about it until they're already breaking ground. And it's just like, where was the commenting on this? Like, like, where is that? And that, that's what I see with that, where it's just like, it's not impossible. It's just that we have to, public comments are good, but we need to kind of not have as many as we do because they only really serve, it, it's kind of one of those like democracy at the expense of all else, right? Like we're going to have so much democracy that absolutely nothing gets done. We're going to have the vote on whether we should have a vote on whether we should have a vote. And it's like, that's just not how you do it. Just have the vote, you know? Like, you can still have the public comment section, but you don't need six of them, you know? You can get the work done with one. And it's only, you know, urbanist projects, those types of projects, even like, I think, like, some civil rights projects that have this kind of issue. And, you know, it's like you kind of wonder why at a certain point. It's almost like it's kind of designed that way to be as inaccessible and affordable and impossible as possible but in the anti-tumor action to stick with our word and not be hypocrites there are organizations and there are uh, people pushing for uh things that would absolutely benefit kansas city and uh, improve it for the better and actually uh change something for the better that is uh you know was never designed to be what it is um you know you got to keep your eye out for people who are being positive and creating solutions. Um, we are also trying to find solutions. It's just sometimes we get a bit sad. And yeah. it's okay to be and, sad. And don't don't take that little rant as like a negativity. Nothing ever gets done. It's impossible. Take it as a, no, this is just something that we can improve on, right? Like we just need to streamline that process. So just get involved. Talk to people, you know, form community form organizations yes just, just that that's just something where it's like you can change that because again the highways don't have to do that so clearly it's not something that's 100 percent required just get that done 
And whenever you're advocating for like a new light rail project or something and they're going for all that stuff, just be like, okay, well, next time we do a new highway expansion, next time we're going to expand I-70 to three lanes, the entire like width of the state of Missouri, maybe where's the where's the environmental survey? Don't we need 14 different public comment sections? Because that seems to just be happening. That's what I'm saying. Just that's action. That's the anti-doomer action part of it. Just be active. Yeah. Um, completely off topic. Well, not off topic. We're talking about drivers, kind of. It's, uh, it, it's our podcast. Yeah. Everything's on topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, state of Missouri has passed a using a cell phone while driving law, like many states where mm-hmm. it's illegal to text and drive. But I think it is still kind of legal to text and drive in Missouri because the law says you cannot support your phone with any part of your body. Yes. I think... This is one of the first Uber, like existence of Uber anti-texting laws where they recognize, okay, if you're like, if you have your phone as a GPS, or yeah. if you're like using Uber, you, you you do need to touch your phone every once in a while. But yeah, yeah the, you, you can't support it with any part of your body. So it has to be like mounted to your windshield. Yes. But you are still allowed to change your song on your, on your phone or like touch the like GPS app. It just has to be supported by the car. It can't be in your lap or in your hand or on your foot or in your elbow or like on your head. Which does, I it begs the question for me. I haven't read the bill and how it's worded. Can it be in your pocket? <laughs> oh man, uh, that's technically supported by your body. Man, um, uh, imagine catching an extra one hundred and fifty dollar fine on top of your like speeding ticket because there's like, was that a phone in your pocket? Uh oh, distracted driving. <laughs> Got your phone supported by your body. I like. I don't think they would ever do that. The cops, I mean, but I can see them like using it selectively. Well, well also they yeah they can use it selectively to just because to fuck just you as, over. Yeah, just or, as a fuck you. He had his phone out. Uh, yeah, proof it was in his pocket, supported by his body. But also, uh, according to the law, it's a secondary offense, so you uh, can't be pulled over for directly just using your phone. So if you're going exactly the speed limit, but you have your phone in both hands, hands not on the steering wheel, texting, <laughs> uh, I don't. It, that does that mean they can't pull you over because it's a secondary offense? That's if you're I, doing I, everything perfectly except for paying attention, I think so. And I, I think the other issue they have is. They have to be able to prove in theory that you actually did have your like if they pull you over uh, and then like come over to your car. But by that point, you've like, say, put your phone in your center console like yeah. I do. You know, you, I don't te- text and drive, but I just keep mine in my center console plugged in. Um, my question is, they, they can obviously put the charge on. They could put whatever charge on. They can charge you for whatever they want. But once you go to court, it's like. How do you prove that I was actually on my phone? Like, unless you have, I, like, I think it's just a, a word versus word, unless they have body camera. But yeah. also, like every traffic citation or which is not a lot because I'm not like racking up traffic tickets. But like, the cops usually don't show up to it. Yeah, of course not. Like, they're too busy getting overtime parked in the Denny's parking yeah. lot. I I once uh, it got a speeding well not a speeding ticket it was a uh, parking ticket. Um, like basically wave because I wore a suit to traffic court. So, you know, I, what was it? We had a friend who had like 15 parking tickets. Oh yeah. Did you ever pay those? No, no, because uh, it wasn't, it, it, it may or may not have been his name on that license plate that they were uh, Mm. charging it all to. Um, It's, you know, whatever. Uh, Those are currently 
unpaid because it may or may not have been his name in name and he may or may not have actually settled that in any sort of situation or may or may not have just continued going on with life making it someone else's problem who knows says if you just get someone else's like license plate if you just like swap plates with someone that, that you get free parking for yeah. life with that yeah or if you simply borrow a family member who's on his deathbed's uh, vehicle for a while and then uh, you then ruin that vehicle, then a family member then dies. Yeah, that's a smart plan. Yeah. That's ethical. It what is. we call ethical parking solutions. Ethical parking solutions. That's my new LLC. I'm going to make a company that. Nice. Ethical parking solutions. A family company. <laughs> okay. All right. Should, should we? Yeah, we, we should probably get transition. Hard, to, well, no, it, it's still involving cars. Yeah, we're still in we're, cars. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about highway funding. Do you guys like highway funding? Okay, I I I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. If there's any like statistics people listening, leave a comment. If I get this horrifically wrong, but I am just reading numbers. Yeah, I am just it's, reading it's numbers. Funny you mention that because the person who did get all those parking may or may not have gotten all those parking tickets is a big statistics person. Yes, I'm sure. Well, leave a, leave a comment, send an angry email if I'm completely wrong, and we'll read it or we'll ignore it, one of the two. Um, we ignore a lot of them. Okay, uh, Highway Trust Fund. It's how we fund highways in the United States. Uh, it's got right now about 90, 95 to $100 billion in it, and it accrues interest because it is, in fact, a trust. So it's basically a big bank account of money that we keep all the highway money in, and then you can pull out like 69 Express. It's mm-hmm. getting about like... $400 million from the feds because it's like 80, 20 highway split. So they get to pull 80% of it from the highway trust fund and 20% of it from local funding. So, you know, it's pretty cheap to build new highways. Yeah. Um, alongside that, there is the mass transit trust, which was established in 1964. Works the exact the same societies. with the gas tax. Yep. It takes from the same gas tax fund, but puts a little bit of it to uh, the mass transit fund, which you know, it takes a little bit of it, so uh, portionately it's $30 billion. Uh, it also accrues interest. It is also a trust. And um, so the highway fund, the highway trust, gets 80-20 split. The mass transit trust gets 52-48 split. 52 is for the community. 48 is the federal. So you can already see how um, highway funding in the United States is incentivized towards you building highways over mass transit because if you build a highway, if you're looking at like say 69 highway, you're looking at, you know, trying to reduce congestion and you're looking at either light rail or just building a toll road. Well, the feds will pay for 80% of that new toll road. Um, but they'll only pay for 48% of the light rail project. Uh, so you can kind of see, how we get into the issue of just constantly expanding the highways. Cause there's also a hundred billion dollars that, you know, the, the gas tax alone already pays for most of it. So we barely ever have to pull anything out of it. So we're getting about $200 million in interest per month on that thing. So we, we got a, we got a pretty good rainy day fund actually. If we ever like hit another 2008 crash, we can just kind of withdraw some money from this thing. But, uh, for for reference, the annual operating budget of the MTA in New York, like the la- largest mass transit organization in the United States, is $19 billion. Um, and I think the total construction cost of that thing is 
I don't quote me on this. I don't know this number. Probably close to like twenty billion dollars to build. Probably. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it would be adjusted for inflation yeah, because, that, like, you know, you, you you can't pay some dude straight off the boat like four cents and like an extra like jug of beer to dig a tunnel that he dies yeah. in. But I do know that like the subway in St. Louis cost about a billion, one point five ish in nineteen nineties money. Um, the Marta in Atlanta cost about like four ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was all, of course, with the 1960s. It was closer to a uh, 70-30 split or if not a 90-10 split for this. So they weren't paying the 52-48 we have right now with the revision that happened in 1995. They were getting the really good great society rate. Uh, and, and that's uh, the majority being paid by the city. Yeah, uh, majority being paid by the government. They had it swapped the other way, and the uh, no, no, no. But but now the oh, majority yeah, yeah. is paid by the city. Currently, it's fifty-two forty. Fifty-two being the city, forty-eight being the federal government. It used to be both. It kind of swapped around, but it used to be a ninety-ten split. Federal being ninety, city being ten. It, it kind of got mixed around because there was the nineteen sixty-four federal transit bill. Uh, there was another one in the 1972 one that just revised the Federal Aid Highway Act. It got revised again in the 80s under Reagan to basically like remove the whole thing. It, it was just, it, there's a lot of bouncing around. But effectively, way back when, we built a lot more for around what we have right now. And the feds paid for a lot more of it. But right now, it, it's just completely highway. And nobody ever seems to really kind of be focused on changing that split. Like, we had the big Infrastructure and Jobs Act didn't really touch this at all yeah you know the inflation reduction act it seems like the easiest thing to do because it wouldn't be raising any new taxes it would just be allowing communities to get more of it paid for in this bank account we already have filled like we've already got 30 billion dollars in here that just sits here because if you look at the chart which is available it's just the straight line because they pay so little into it or they pay so little out of it and so much gets paid into it that it's pretty much an even split so we could afford to take more out of it because you can see with the highway trust funding that it goes down because they pay for most of the highway construction so it actually gets used the mass transit account doesn't really get used i mean ideally it would be nice to adjust the split between uh states and the federal government for the highway and then increase the amount of split that the federal government uh, will take on their behalf for cities to build transit systems and also allow uh, areas to dip into the highway number as well. Yeah, because this is, and that that's the big thing that the Federal Aid Highway Act change did. The, the pure 80-10 split in 1972 was that allowed you to use highway trust fund 80, money. 10? Or 80-20, yeah. 80-20. Because that one was the 1972 one, which was just an amendment to the Highway Act, and it allowed you to use highway funds effectively if you wanted to take the same amount out of the highway funding that you were the mass transit account you could get that 80 20 split for your rail project so you could basically double dip for your project you know you can get the like whatever it was for the mass transit and whatever it was for the highway both applied to the same project so you could pull from both so if you're in new york wanting to expand a subway system you can basically get money from the highway fund and from the mass transit fund to pay for the same project basically for free so that's where you get like a lot of the washington metro project a lot of the uh you know marta basically just a lot of those big great society highways were just because we revised a lot of the legislature to allow you to just use the money we already have right yes okay now that being said i was kind of looking into the numbers just to kind of see 
uh, this is okay. I don't think we should reduce anyone's mass transit funding, right? I'm in favor of preface that for prefacing it where we're not in favor of reducing any yes. of it. I think we just all have the numbers are good. I just want them to be higher, right? So when I'm like maybe complaining about one specific region or two specific regions, this isn't in favor of me reducing the amount of money they get. This is just me saying that other areas should get similar amounts of money, right? Because I want the whole pile to go up, not just tear one down in favor of the others. Okay, so basically it's paid for by fuel tax right yes so you get fuel tax from people buying fuel yes right? um it's just a flat cent a, tax. a state by a x amount of people by state the gasoline in their state mm -hmm. that tax is going to the federal government which is going into these yeah. two trusts and states usually have their own gas tax the federal government has their own I don't know what it is currently. At one point, it was three cents. At one point, it got raised to nine cents. I don't know what it is right now. That's not important. What is important is it doesn't matter what the price of gas is. It's just a flat tax, right, yeah. on just the gallon of gas. So you buy one gallon, you pay however much cents to it. So currently, um, for example, uh, like Kansas, if you look at their highway motor fuel use, so this is just like federal highways that we pay for with the Highway mm -hmm. Act. It's not like street roads. Kansas burns about 1.6 million gallons of gas uh, annually. Uh, like Missouri, for instance, uh, the two states that you know we kind of live in the area of is about 3.97, so 4 million. So that's between the two of them, about 4 million gallons and 1.6, so about 5.6 million. Um, and then for my example here, New York does about 6.5 million gallons. So New York, New York, the entire state of New York, not New York City, is comparable to both Kansas and Missouri, which happen to be where Kansas City lies, right? Yes. Um, for reference, uh, New York is about 6 million because they have... The subway, you know, they got a really good mass transit infrastructures. So similarly, also when you shove the majority of your population into just one area and then leave uh, your upstate basically deprived, shout out to upstate people. Yeah, you're you're cool. Yeah, but I, I Buffalo, drove through you guys pretty uh, recently. You guys are pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but but like Texas, right? They do 13 million, so they yeah. do twice as much gas usage as Kansas and Missouri combined, and almost three times. As much as New York, uh, wait, or wait, no, no, I'm, I'm looking at New Jersey. New Jersey's at four million. That was going to be my next example. So New Jersey's a similarly low amount per capita because they also get the benefit of the MTA for the most part, and they're also a very small state, so they don't have to drive as much. Uh, then New York is still like about six million. Then California is seventeen million because they have transit, but mm -hmm. they also do a lot of driving. So. In total, the United States has about 162 million gallons of gas burned annually. Uh, so all of that would be taxed about, you know, nine cents per gallon. Yeah. So 162 million gallons. Um, that being said, I was doing some numbers because you can also look at how much they get funded. Like for the transit. Yes. Do, this do, is do, for the do, mass transit account. This is yes. not for the highway account. This is just for the mass transit pool of money they get. I believe annually. So, like, this is by metro area. So, 
like for example, Des Moines uh, pulls out about ten million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a reasonable amount for their population. Kansas City gets about uh, twenty-seven million dollars, which you know, you have literally nothing to base this off of right now because I'm yeah. just telling you numbers, and you you don't have any frame of reference for what these numbers mean. Los Angeles gets six million dollars, six hundred million dollars rather, yeah. right? So they they're uh, the second largest. Six hundred and thirty. Yeah, six hundred thirty million. They're the second largest city in the country. Yeah, uh, the whole entire Los Angeles metro area. They also don't have the largest public transit infrastructure. This isn't for highways, so mm-hmm. this is just for public transit. They have a couple subways. But, yeah, so six hundred million. Uh, Chicago, which I believe has one of the largest outside of New York, uh, they get. If I can find, it's in alphabetical order. I know, it's in alphabetical order. It, it, it's between Chattanooga and yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, they get seven hundred million. So they got. The third largest city. They got a lot of people. They get more than Los, Los Angeles because they have a larger public transit yeah. network. Uh, but they are similar to you know whatever the third largest. New York is the largest, both in population and in public transit. You know, Chicago's seven hundred. Chicago's still the third city. Yeah, they're the third. They're the third city. It, 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 some city in uh, like the Phoenix metro area hasn't come up and claimed it yet. Not yet. Dallas hasn't quite come here yet. Yeah, uh, I know Dallas isn't in the Phoenix metro area. Yeah, but like the, the, those cities that are just absolutely booming in population. Yeah. Speaking of Phoenix, actually, it's getting a hundred million. They're doing pretty good for themselves. Yeah. And, and for reference, I know a lot of like urbanist people, Philadelphia, they get about. Four hundred fifty-four million, so they're like doing pretty decently. Yeah. But now the big prize, New York, uh, two point seven nine seven billion. Two point eight billion dollars, round yeah, up. Two point eight billion. So, uh, that's like the next two combined plus some. Yeah, the, I mean, if uh, you, it, if you added Los Angeles and Chicago together, and Philadelphia, and together, Philadelphia, I mean. We can keep going. I mean, that's... But, it see, the thought I was having yes. when you were originally showing me this... Because we did talk about this before. We, we, we did talk about it before. Kind of did a sanity check because I yeah. wasn't sure if I was just going insane. I was thinking that, you know, it, that makes sense for them to get $2.8 billion yeah, because they have the largest transit yeah. system in the country. But... The point you made, and this is just me getting an opportunity to talk while you, you do your rant. Yes, I need, um, I need a breather. Uh, that there is a factor that includes uh, cost per person. Mm-hmm. So how much, like, it would, like, if we just got rid of the gas tax and said, hey, in order for the metro area to have this funding, each we have to pay this amount of money yes. into it. Uh, or how much money you get for it. So, uh you know, I think the math you did, uh, the average for these things is yeah. each person is getting about 30 to $50 worth of funding per person. Ish, yeah. This is basically the number of money they're getting divided by the amount of people in the metro area, yeah. roughly. I, I didn't do it exactly, but roughly. But yeah, yeah, the average, like you said, about 30, 30 to 50 Yeah. The outliers, like Atlanta's getting 80 yes. right? They're getting currently... Um, uh, I know it's alphabetical. I'm just struggling. They get $200 million just yeah. about rounding up. And they've got, I believe, about 7 million people in their metro area. So that comes out to be about $80 million. Yeah. Or $80. $80. I keep messing this up. 80 Not $80, $80 million. $80, 80, $80, per, $80 person. per person. Yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. $14. $14 per person. Per person. 
St. Louis, yeah. similarly sized city. Uh, they are getting, in total, um, it's still alphabetical. I'm still scrolling. I'm like dyslexic or something. Uh, they get $80 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have about 2.8 million people living yeah. in the metro area. They come out to be about 28 per person. So just below this 30 to $50 we put. But the point I want to get back to is you mentioned Kansas City's yes. being at $14. Yes, it is very low. So if if we're seeing an average across this, we just did a spot check. We checked, I think, about like 15 different air municipal like areas from this area, uh, from this Excel spreadsheet. Which got off a federal site. You can find it yourself. We'll probably put a link to it. Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, Thirty to fifty. Just doing the spot check of yeah, like, like fifteen like, different. Like, I believe metro Los areas. Angeles was about like forty-five. Yeah. I believe San Francisco was about like forty-two-ish. Yeah. I believe. Oh, what was the other similarly sized city to Kansas City? I looked up. It was. Well, we looked at Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, they got about two point seven, two point eight million yeah. people. They're getting about um a hundred million and they're yeah. at about what like what was it like 33 or something they are here i i can do the math uh unfortunately we didn't write down these numbers because you know why would that we, we did it right before the podcast yeah we figured we'd remember and uh we do. Uh, the population is going to be 2.51 according to just a quick google okay so they're at 42 42 42 per person yeah so it's like that's about within our average of what cities should be getting. Should be getting, yeah. Eighty is the biggest outlier we've talked about, but you know, like forty-two, like Los Angeles getting forty-two. They're doing a lot of development. It's good, you know. Yeah. They they've got their big, uh, you know, ma- like high-speed rail project. I, I'm not opposed to cities getting more. I think every everyone should get more. I think everyone yeah. should be getting at least fifty like 50 per person they should yeah. get the most they possibly can because i want the, the mass the, the, transit the, the, account the, the baseline used. the baseline should be 50 so los angeles can bump from that 42 up to 50 yeah, they should be getting or, even more or, or kansas city could go from its 14 dollars to 50 yeah because uh, again we're getting a lot less than we should be and i yeah. think this is one of those we need to figure out a way to ask for more yeah because when we look back at the uh kansas and missouri gas tax granted that's including the entire state yeah uh, if if the entire state is paying more into the gas tax than new york who is getting how much again i don't we haven't actually even said that yeah that was kind of the big stinger so new york uh, with their 2.9 billion dollars they have about 19 million people ish uh, in their metro area, they are getting drum roll uh, $141 per person. So they're getting, uh, like we said, that 2.9 is as much as like Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Chicago combined, plus some. Plus, you could probably throw in Washington, D.C. for good measure at $500 million. Um, yeah, they're getting 141 so almost twice as much as Atlanta, almost three times as much as Los Angeles. It's just like, and that brings us back to what you were just talking about. So the entire state of New York is about equal to the entire states of Kansas and Missouri combined in terms of highway gallons of gas used. For the tax dollars going into this trust. Yes, because it's a flat, whatever cent it is currently tax going into this trust fund. New York is pulling out more per capita. They're pulling out 141 per person, but they're paying about the same amount into it. 
So why would the people living in the Kansas City metro area only get 14? Yes, we pay about the same amount as the entire state of New York does, but we get a lot less out of now, it. Now, once again, we're not saying cut New York. We're just saying that we think it's a bit unfair that Kansas City is only getting 14. Yeah, because it's basically the cities that already have public transit infrastructure take more out of the mass transit account, obviously because they have more transit infrastructure to upkeep and upgrade, but they also pay less in because they have the transit infrastructure, so they have less driving to do. Because as far as I'm aware, there's, you know, the MTA obviously generates its own revenue, but they also are taking money from the federal government that we pay into. So what we're saying is just, it's kind of set up to where... It's almost it, it, the it, it, inverse of like normally how this works. The smaller states that don't have public transit that have to drive more end up subsidizing the larger states that do have public transit and don't have to drive. It's basically a, it, it's almost impossible to actually be able to uh, build it then because the split is so heavily, well, is majority favored to the city. Mm-hmm. And if you're a city like Kansas City, it costs way more. Whereas if you're in Atlanta, you already got yours, which gets back to the uh, beginning point that yeah, the point you made, which is uh, a lot of this entire way it's set up is kind of a uh, fuck you, I got mine. Yeah, it, it's set up to where, well, you got your public transit infrastructure built in like the Great Society, the yeah. 70s, whatever, even St. Louis, the 90s. You got yours built when the getting was good, when you could pull more out of this fund that everybody pays into by driving. Um, yeah. You got your system built. And then you get less people driving, so you then have to pay less into it. But then the states that still have to drive a lot get less out of it because they don't have systems built. They can't automatically draw more out of it. And the way it's set up, they're incentivized to build more roads to keep driving, to keep pushing car-centric infrastructure. That's what we're saying is it's completely backwards from how it really should be. And I, I think... Our proposal mostly, at least my proposal, I don't want to put words in your mouth, is maybe we need to have some form of federal tax, like one penny per fare, right? Like MTA, if you got, you know, your $2 fare, if one penny of that went into this mass transit account, that would help even out the amount they're actually putting into the federal funding. Because right now, I mean, we're basically subsidizing New York, Chicago, all those places. But we're, we're, we're paying but, a lot but, more. But I, I can see the New York Post like headline now being like New Yorkers forced to subsidize uh, corn-fed morons. Yeah, but right now, you know, we're forced to subsidize the. What do they eat in New York? Like hot dogs? Is that Chicago? Uh, Chicago is a big hot dog city. New York's also a big hot dog city, but Chicago gets claim on hot dogs. Uh, I, yeah. New York gets the pizza claim, though. Yeah. Well, we we have Pizza Hut, so I don't want to get that all the way up. Anyways, <laughs> regardless. What? The, yeah, we got Pizza Hut. We made the Pizza Hut. <laughs> That's from Wichita, Kansas. All right. I, the thesis of this episode, because we have one for once, is effectively we don't need to cut public transit funding. We just need to find another source of revenue for this or just let us take more out of it. We got $35 and, billion. Dollars. It's not going anywhere. And, you can and, see the chart. We'll have it in the linked in the description. We'll have all these numbers linked in the description. And it's, it's as straight as a ruler. It's not going down. We're and not allowed $14 to take per person is a ridiculous amount when we're looking at it. Granted, a spot check average of a 30 to $50 per person per metro area. Yeah. That, that, that's a bit ridiculous. So effectively, our argument is just let cities take more out of it. Just, just readjust it from 52 city to 48 
you know, federal to just incentivize people to build more transit because this is the way it is right now. Of course, they're going to build highways. Of course, the 69 Express project is going to get done. Of course, the I-70 project is going to get done because it's basically free. Why wouldn't you do it? I mean, the cities just don't have to think the same way they do for public transit because it's always the question of who's going to pay for it for public transit. Who's going to pay for it for highways? Federal government is. Of course they are. They're going to pay for 80% of it. You don't even have to worry about it. It's barely going to be a rounding error compared to whatever you're doing. So let's just get that for public transit. We're already paying the money into it. All right. There we go. We have a thesis. Yeah, that's the episode. All right. What did we learn? We learned just uh, write your congressman, I guess. That'll change things. <laughs> um, a post about uh, – never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to make that joke. Uh, I do not want to end up on an Email FBI. this episode to AOC. Yes. She'll post it. All right. Also, John Elway is overrated. I'm doing it right there. You're getting Broncos the John Elway. Uh, I, I could beat the yellow M&M to death with my bare hands. Yes. There we go. There we go. The, okay. All right. Uh, this is an episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you, you do the outro. Yeah. yeah. Th- this has been another uh, episode of uh, Cleo Talk. I've been Matt. I have, in fact, been RC. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Cleo History. You can email us at CleoHistoryPodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, leave a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it, if you leave a review as well, that helps us with algorithm and whatnot. Uh, this has been a, another great episode. Hopefully we have an episode that's more interesting, like another Casey Mob Stories, instead of us ranting about highway federal tax dollars that we get from gas tax. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.